Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to have a couple of handsome fellas just waxing intellectual about what's going on on the weekend. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast Weekend Pop-In. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied by my good buddy, party in your pants, party boy Pete McCormick, and the one and only Stu Bang, Steve Cabot. Party in your pants, Pete, how you feeling, babe? I'm ready to get going, Matt. I'm ready to party. Yeah, I love to hear that. <laughs> Stu Bands, what's rocking, my man? Uh, what's rocking is Pete's fucking tan. Good for you, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's, That's right. right. All right, well, we'll get into it. This is the Working for Texas Podcast Weekend Pop, and you can find us on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can join us for fun on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast, and then follow us on the Twitter or the TikTok at Working P Pod. All right, let's get this thing started. Let's go. All right, boys. All right. So last week we aired the Josh Lawler episode, buddy of mine from the gym. Real good, dude. Fascinating profession, I thought. Uh, what did you guys think? Pete, how would you think the episode went? I think it went pretty good, you know? Um, not as good as when I'm on there, but but I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> sure. The fucking the fucking mic, the mic messing up in the beginning made me so mad but you know it is what it is <laughs> stoops what'd you think how'd you like it same thing as pete man i enjoyed it you know it's cool hearing uh it's it for me it's hard to listen to anything that i'm not interested in because i'm just an asshole but uh you know hearing <laughs> uh, being a being a combat sport and combat athlete and you know hearing what he does on an everyday life is super interesting to me yeah i thought i i was wondering how you would think about that because he's working like He's he's like auto adjacent with you. Like you're in our garage, but he's in like the parts part. But what he was saying from what I gathered is like, obviously, there's a like a ton of different types of cars and things like that. But there's a million different parts of cars. And you even alluded to it in your episode when you were saying there's a your 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 garage because you can handle any type of car of any type of brand of car. Right. But each one comes with its own kind of specified tool set and everything like that he's actually like researching the different parts for different parts of cars and trucks and everything like that. And seeing like, Oh, there's going to be a run on this and there's going to be a run on this and run on this. And they're like, let's stock up so we can fucking sell this shit at, you know, 20,000 a unit and stuff like that. I thought that was just so interesting that that he's like playing the stock market almost of like, what's going to be big next. You know what I mean? Is that kind of what, what it is, Steve? Do you see anything like that or what? Yeah, I mean, uh, the parts the parts guy job is a tough one because uh, obviously he takes his job serious and I, you know, I appreciate that. But most of them, uh, obviously, I think he's different. I don't know him as a person, but he sounds like a good guy. Yeah. The difference is 90 percent of those parts guys are fucking idiots because they never worked on a car. Yeah. So then when I go back and I walk up and I say, hey, it needs this part. The guy goes, OK, he pulls it from the shelf because that's all he's doing. He's looking at a number on a computer, going back, pulling it, comes back. And I go, this ain't the right one. And he goes, no, this is what the computer says. This is the right one. And I'm. Okay, again, I'm the one working on it. I see it. This is not it. I don't care what your computer says. And then they're like, and then they get mad at you, you know? So, like, there's an interesting dynamic between mechanics and parts guys, unless you were a mechanic before. So, most times, the the good parts guys, unless you're a good human, which he sounded like, but if you're a, if you're usually a good mechanic makes a good parts guy because he's been there and he does the hard shit, which is actually fixing it, not getting you the part. Yeah. And when I do that, you know, I go back and I go, yeah, this is ain't, ain't the right one. He goes, damn, another fucking listing error. Like he gets it. He's been yeah. there, yeah. you know, he, where and, other guy will be like, what do you mean? It's not the right part. I have it right here in front of me on the screen. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right, 
All right. He's like, it's not what my computer says, sir. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, it's like, yeah, we'll asshole blame the person that put the shit in the computer. Like, you know what I mean? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. We get it all the time. I order a part and the parts warehouse sends it and I go, hey, man, I call back up and I go, this part isn't what I what it says it is. And they go, fuck, it's a bad listing. I, you know, we'll get it corrected. Yeah, which is that's a good thing. But Josh, actually, his dad worked on construction equipment like you heard in the yep. episode. You can so tell he, that he knows he knows about stuff. Yeah, he knew like I, that is good, like to see like his background really shaped like what he does. And like he yep. does have an interest in it and things like that, yep. which I thought was cool. One of those, like you would be a killer. I, I mean, I guess with your experience in pretty much any automotive field, because you did allude to the, you know, working at a Ferrari dealership and you could fucking sell the shit out of those things. And then also like, I bet a parts guy, you could probably go through the manual and be like, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. And just fix it all. Yeah. Nice, man. And I, and, and the other thing is I understand uh, like the issues with stuff. So say there's a certain model car, like this is where, I was saying how uh, the diagnostics of a mechanic is the true tell of how good a guy is. Yeah. So I remember, you know, say a year ago, I worked on just for instance, uh, a Dodge Ram 1500. I had to put a fuel pump on it or uh, something. Right. And I remember that this was a pain in the ass, this part. So I know it's going to break on me. So I already, you know, you already have the knowledge of that and you know that now the shortcut. So what's supposed to take on the books two hours. I've the first time I did it, it did take me almost two hours, but now I know the shortcuts and what to do. Yeah. So it's bing, bang, boom. Next time I do it, you're in and out. Yeah. You know? Nice. So I guess that's kind of like, do you, would you say then for like an automotive mechanic, like experience almost makes like you're it's when it, you, it, it makes you it, money in a way, right? Yes, okay. absolutely. Absolutely. Just like yeah. wrestling. Like yeah. I said, my analogy yeah. for my kids is every time we're in there and they have a great session or they have a great experience or a great workout, I tell them they just made a deposit. Yeah. And then when it's time to wrestle, yeah. it's time to cash out, homie time to go make that money you know you put all that money in the bank time to pull that shit out yeah yeah and then if they lose they come out and i'm like well it looks like no uh no checkouts today huh yeah no money in the atm (laughs) my fucking my checks bounced a lot yeah 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 overdraft fee buddy (laughs) (laughs) you do the burpees you got pinned yeah yep 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 go back there do push-ups you fucking never mind i remember one time i had to do burpees for an entire practice i I forget the number but it was like 1400 something yeah. Well, can we not call them burpees? Because now it sounds like we're in a yoga studio. Yeah, grass you drills, fucking, grass yeah, drills yeah. or whatever you call right. it. Hit it. Yeah, hit it, buddy. Hit yeah. it. That's, I mean, yeah. Look, we, we have the, you know, the, the burpees. <laughs> Look, Steve, the, not everyone that listens to this is a uh, A-level athlete like ourselves, you know, growing <laughs> up in the grind. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. We that's need right, the, so. the layman terms. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. We're speaking to the everyman on this show. It's and like it's not technically a Xerox. It's a copy machine. Like, shut up. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a. It's not an ATM. It's a Mac machine. Yeah. Or like when you were like playing PlayStation or whatever, and your mom's like, turn off the Nintendo. Oh my God. I used to, everything, everything was an Atari to my mother. It fucking drove me yeah. nuts. I'm my, like, mom, you know, this fucking thing's a PlayStation 2. She's like, turn that fucking Atari off. I'm like, God my, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> my wife still does that. She'll say, like, I have an Xbox, uh, Xbox One. And she's like, you're fucking PlayStation. You're always on there. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, God damn it. Don't you know it's an Xbox? PlayStation. They're rivals. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how dare yeah, don't you? you? Don't you know Xbox is for guys who calls hit it burpees? You son of a bitch. <laughs> now I see the mat in the car. It all makes sense now. Yeah. So, oh, you son of a bitch. That's her <laughs> yoga mat. All right. So, all right. So let's keep it moving. Uh, so next week we we're airing an episode. So I want to let the fans know 
We're going to be, we're bringing size back. Size does matter. It's a thick boy summer. That whole Atta gimmick. Boy. We got, uh, <laughs> we're airing the Pretty Rick Outland episode next week. And I'm not going to lie to the fans out there. We didn't split it up and I kept it long on purpose just to get some feedback from the fans. And I'd love to hear the feedback at, you know, any of our, uh, any of our socials at Working Perspectives Podcast on Instagram or at Working Peapod on Twitter and TikTok. But let us know if you like the long format or would you like to keep it short? We would like to know that. Um, but we went long with this one. I want to see how people like it. And, you know, I think it's going to be a great episode. Rick Outland is an old friend of ours. He was a wrestler as well. He's, uh, he's a father of five kids. He's another one of those things that one of those jobs where we've all seen it, what he does in like our daily lives and like, you know, just living our lives. We've all seen his what he does in use and we've all used it and it's fascinating to see like that kind of aspect come to life and i'm really really excited plus i will say this pete was fucking on fire that episode at a boy pd fucking hitting dingers at a boy pd fucking dingers that's right that'll be airing next tuesday on all podcast platforms and youtube at working perspectives podcast so let's keep it moving let's keep it shaking something occurred over the weekend and I'm not talking about my niece's fourth birthday. All right. Oh, happy <laughs> birthday to your niece. Yeah, that was a lie. She didn't have a birthday. But either God way. damn it. <laughs> Scumbag. Making me all sentimental and shit. <laughs> fucking lies about their niece's birthday. Is that the yeah, same a, son of a bitch? The same fucking... guy that has the yoga mat in his car. <laughs> the same kind of guy that says, like, those warts aren't contagious. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> I only said that once, Pete. All right. um yeah that's fucking definitely being cut fuckers (laughs) so uh yep so there was a big fight this weekend it was jake paul versus ben Askren was the uh was the headlining fight but i want to talk about this i want to go over the whole card so the first fight we had on the card was joe fournier versus raycon and this kind of went how we expected it to go uh, I, well, in a way, because I, I, w- I didn't even watch that one. I wasn't even going to entertain myself and get myself upset that early, so I skipped Mister Reggaeton. Yeah, well, he got, he got, you know, it, it was a corner stoppage in the second round. It was just, you know. oh god, he made it to the second. That was good for him. Yeah, that's a win, really. <laughs> but, uh, huh. but you know, either way, wasn't much of anything. Kind of just like what we thought, something stupid. Then the second fight we had was our boy Philly's own Steve USS Cunningham. And if you heard, if you heard De La Hoya. <laughs> Oh, my man was the most yoked I've ever seen. He was so fucked up. It was, he was awesome. whacked. I would love, and I think you brought this up, Steve. I would love a TV show just following Dale De- Hoy around Please. all fucking whacked the- up. Oh, especially uh, after seeing so- like those pictures of him in drag a couple years ago yeah, and, and that yeah, broadcast, yeah. you know, like, yeah. And then people, I want to like, party with this younger- man. The younger generation has no idea how ridiculous of a of a boxer, one of the greatest I've ever yeah. seen. And on now just he's one of the biggest train wrecks on earth. It is. I mean, I saw and, and Steve, he did he not fantastic. make like every big boxer, like almost we know today, he made their career. Like that's what made yeah. Floyd big was, was beating Dude, him. Pacquiao. B Hop's big B-Hop. biggest moment was fighting De La Hoya. Oh yeah. Like well, that was the thing. No, the, the number one fight in the world when it happened was Mayweather De La Hoya when it happened was the number one selling fight of all time. Right? Yeah, Dude, Ma- Mayor- exactly. But like Mayorga, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? 
He's made. He's fought everybody, right? Oh, and he, yeah. he was and he awesome. is some of the greatest. But dude, he well, he also he's Olympic champion and everything yep. like that. Like he was the Golden Boy, just fucking smoothest story silk. career. Yeah, he was, and he's he's incredible, incredible fighter. Him and Mosley, like the whole gimmick, man. They they went back. Him and uh, I think it was him and Felix Tito Trinidad too, right? They had their. No, that fight. was him and Hopkins, but Hopkins stepped on the flag. <laughs> No, but yeah. didn't, I didn't. But no, didn't De La Hoya? De La, De La Hoya got he got robbed. He lost to Trinidad, but like well, I thought he won that. But this is what happened: the first six rounds, De La Hoya easily takes the first six rounds. Yep. Then he played the game of all right. Well, I'm going to yep, take the next foot six off. Yeah, he yep. took his foot off the gas, and he Tito left. came back and won. And they it's gave not it how you Tito. start; it's how you finish, right? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. But, yeah. But still, I mean, yeah. But still, either way. But dude, I remember. Remember Mayorga, Ricardo Mayorga, right? Oh yeah, was talking dude was nasty. All, yo, he was all, he was a killer, talking oh. all this shit to his fucking all this shit to De La Hoya, and De La Hoya beat the shit out of him. And it was a stark, yeah. you know, contrast in the fact that Mayorga's background is from a third world impoverished country, yeah. scrapped out of everything, and De La yeah. Hoya was Mister L.A. Like, yeah. flashy, you know? yep. good-looking guy. Yeah. Yep. And he beat the piss out of him. Sure did. Oh, I loved it. That was a great, great, great performance. And that was like a relaunch. That was a relaunch of De La Hoya. And that's kind of what catapulted him to Mayweather after that fight. Yeah. Which was awesome. You know? So, all right. So, let's keep it going, though. So, let's talk about our guy, Steve USS Cunningham, or as De La Hoya would say it, uh, Steve USSR Cunningham. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still confused by that. I was like, yeah. is he just like dragging that out from the yoke, or what's happening here? Dude, Why is I he doing that? But I'll tell you and what. And he some extra letters in there. I'll tell you what. Steve Steve Cunningham couldn't have put on fucking twenty pounds for this fight. Jesus Christ, man! Two oh six. You guys, like, he, legit was two oh six. Like, he was, <laughs> come on, like, and dude, then he lightly pillow slapped around frank here for yeah, yeah. i was like dude so you, do you, you guys thought like, he carried him do you think it was a yes. carry job he was yeah, just kind of like yeah, let him get much. to the end 100 100 he could have took him out at any time he wanted his movement yeah. speed everything was just too too much were you guys impressed with me at all or or did, did you think he did a good job or i sure. thought so i mean sure. he did better I than i thought he would he did better I than i thought he yeah. would yeah i agree but i think that there was a clear difference in levels of striking yeah, yeah. uh but you know, I mean, you I, say clear, the most clear. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I would love for the next time the Pauls do one of these cards, get another kind of like match like that with like you know another fit like a Danny Garcia versus uh, you know like another MMA guy. You know what I, I mean? I don't think that's a good matchup. Danny's a little different. Danny, that's a that's he's not, a Danny's not the carrying type. No, Danny will not carry. <laughs> no way. Kill somebody. That kid is nasty. I'll tell you this, Steve. I did watch. Uh, so on YouTube, on uh, yes, the Danny I've already Garcia, watched all three episodes. Yeah, they have a show. Love I didn't it. know. Uh, I didn't know. Well, it's Angel just, had cancer. Uh, I knew that. Uh, the sisters, though, I haven't seen them in a while. Are they are they over eighteen? They sure are. <laughs> All right. Well, well then, well, a dangerous then, question. Then now, yeah. again, and a dangerous Hi-ya. answer because barely. Yeah. Barely. No, but I didn't know his. But they're that's their gimmick though. They're like music stars and like they're doing really well apparently. Also, but did you hear the gimmick too? What? Danny realized that one of them could sing. So she was singing <laughs> for like you know his boxing matches when they were little, and the other twin was like, "Well, what the fuck about me?" And Danny goes, "I don't know. I'll make you a rapper." So yeah. one sings and one raps. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, dude, the whole 
I love too though how like their whole family's in the business. Like their mom's there. Like this is what this the style's gonna be. And yep. the dad, the dad's like, let's get a chopper and a fucking yacht. I don't care, you know. Look like, in the video. Yeah. So Angel's but, the man. Crazy Angel's a legend. Angel is a legend. His story's nuts. So all right. So but either way, then let's move on to the next fight where uh, Regis Progress versus uh, your boy Ivan Redcox. Speaking oh God! Of, speaking of Redcox, <laughs> <laughs> Steve, what happened with this one, buddy? I don't even want to fucking go into it. Did this guy really fit, get first off? Red Belly or Red Cock or Red whatever? Red off yeah. the Red Nose Rudolph the Reindeer. This fucking yeah. clown gets clearly <laughs> hit by a beautiful body shot, which beautiful. for people that have never been hit in the stomach like hard. There, I would get hit in the face a thousand times over before taking a bad body shot. There's uh, it's the worst pain in your life. Pete so, was there. Pete was there when I got dropped by one at a at a training session. Yeah, we see. We were like, you know, we had the we had the circuit training going at Rich's, and uh, Matt takes a shot right to the liver, falls on the canvas, and everyone just yelling at him to get out of the ring. He can't even move. He's <laughs> yep. crippled. I was like, give me like two a minute. seconds, you fuckers. God, so I just roll him over to the side of the ring and get in there and starts continue continue sparring with the guy so they can keep getting his uh, his to, rounds. To, in, be, but... to be fair, Joe was uh, he was like six foot three prison guard at Greaterford, you know, heavyweight. I mean, you know, just saying, I was fighting in my weight class, so it just you know, sound you like you pulled, sa- sounds like you pulled a a, a red cock. Yeah, no, I, I, I pulled, I pulled a fucking, I pulled a fucking De La Hoya fucking, you know. Oh, anyway, yeah, yeah, okay. This fucking keep going. moron takes a beautiful body shot, then lays on his back, like Pete alluded to earlier. Like there isn't seven thousand cameras recording it and going through replay, and he still tells the fucking EMTs that he got hit in the nuts. Then they strap him to a gurney. I was like, what? I've already had enough of Dojo Cat or whatever the fuck that oh, is. I, I was God. so confused. And then I saw that and I was just like, if I watch any more of this, my head's going to fucking explode. So the what? <laughs> so let's get into that then. And that's my fault. I took it too serious. I should have took it for what it was, which is a circus. Instead, I yeah. wanted to see uh, a well-produced yeah. fight card. Yes. Yeah. No, that's not what it yeah. is. So I'm an idiot for getting angry, and I'm also an idiot for thinking that's what it was going to be. Yeah, but that's what my expectation. Look, Steve, who couldn't have expected something put on by uh, I believe it was Triller, Triller, hosted by Snoop Dogg, Coke and Dallas, AC Slater. Hoya, I got to hear Davidson, AC. AC, AC Slater, Slater may have the been most... the third best fighter in the building. Yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> that's what I said. I said he was the only one on the panel that had insight into what was happening. And if uh, if the yeah. main the main insight comes from a guy who does Thai bow. Well, we got a problem. You know what? Yeah. All right, so we'll get on this. But my my, the, I want to have a celebrity boxing match. I want to see Mario Lopez beat up Joe Rogan. Um, I would take Mario Lopez over Joe Rogan. You're Ooh. out of your. Are they allowed to kick? He was uh. So so what you don't know? Mario Lopez was a state place winner in California, and is yeah. also he he trains a good amount. I I would yeah, take I Lopez. You. I hear you. Here's the thing: Are they allowed to kick? I said boxing. Okay, if it's uh, boxing, then yeah, no, he has a shot. Yeah, yeah he could probably beat Rogan up. Yeah. If Rogan's allowed to kick, he would take one kick and kill a dude. Human. That co- kick so hard. Rog- Rogan could kick through a fucking Buick. Are you fucking dude, kidding me? His kicks are insane. And did you ever forget, see the videos? The thing, yeah. Here's oh. the other thing, Pete. So Mario Lopez is probably obviously he's on a little bit of roids to be as shredded he is. Probably anabolic because yeah. it cuts you up, doesn't jack you up. Rogan's on all the TRT. He is. He does love his TRT. City. He does. At 56 years old, whatever, but he's got the most TRT. He got well, let's fucking TRT. get some fucking TRT then. What the hell is Look, that? We'll give is it that a, a testosterone out. thing. We're, we're 
to test it. They have to be on roids. Like if they're not on so much HDH, the fight's off. Yeah. So TRT was the big was the big thing in UFC a couple of years ago with like Vitor and other people where TRT is okay, Dan um, Henderson is a is a, a testosterone therapy replacement, right? Or testosterone replacement therapy. So basically, if you have a low testosterone level, which this was the trick, guys would go into the UFC and they would go onto a cycle, right? So now you're which already messes up your endocrinic levels and all types of shit, right? So he goes in there, you get all jacked up. When you come off a cycle, it absolutely destroys your testosterone production, right? So they go into a doctor and say, hey, check my testosterone. I don't feel as strong as normal. Just came off a cycle, by the way. The yeah. doctor goes, yeah, your shit's super low. I'll write you a script to boost you back up. So now that was the way to beat around the bush just to yeah. say, hey, man, you know, I, my dick doesn't get hard anymore. Steve, are you telling me that professional athletes normally don't have low testosterone levels? Right. So the, uh, especially <laughs> world class ones. So then they would say that the dude would give them all the TRT. And then next thing you know, you see Vitor Belfort, whose fucking shoulders start at the back of his ears. And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck? What did, is it, is that the dude Bisbing was like? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that video I sent to you. <laughs> that video dude, awesome. that is the best. What, I so, used to hate Bisbing when he fought, but he's the man. That he's was, the man. He, I'm the same way. I hated him back in the day, but like he, he turned Agreed, on me. Like, he, yeah. He's a great dude. I think it was real. Yeah. After he knocked out Luke Rockhold, I was like, I yep. think I like this guy now. I agree. Do you, I do agree. you know, do you know the story, Bisbing? So, I guess he's in Brazil. Vitor Belfort is there, and you know he's yelling all this shit at him in Portuguese or whatever, talking all this stuff. <laughs> and Bisbing is like, "All right, hey Vitor, come here, come here, Vitor." Come and Bisbing goes up to him. He's like, "Jesus isn't real." And then fucking <laughs> Vitor, like super religious, and he loses his shit. <laughs> fucking hilarious. The, be the best is a retort because then they're cracking up when he tells Rogan that. And Rogan goes, "Well, what did he say back to you?" He goes. I don't know some Portuguese bullshit. Did you ever hear the, the the Chow Sonnen story with the Nog brothers? No. Where yeah. Chow says he like he went down to Brazil and he saw the Nog brothers. He's like, yeah, I get off the bus, I, I get off the plane, and I see these two. They're trying to feed a carrot to a bus, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, Chow! <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So let's move it on then. So the the main, well, so the main car or the main fight on the card, everyone knows, was Jake Paul versus Ben which, Askren. Which when did the, the the final card take place? At like one thirty in the morning, in between Justin Bieber concerts. Was, and four and fourteen episodes of Dojo Cat. I was like, wait, they're wheeling this thing back out again? Like, what the what? fuck is happening? <laughs> Yeah, it was, dude. No, it was. Well, they were in Atlanta, so they were on East Coast time. Yeah. Right. So, so that, yeah, you think it would go earlier because uh, that's uh, like I was in Cancun and, uh, you know, I'm out like partying, and drinking all night. I get back to my room. I'm like, oh, it's 11 30 here. It's 12 30 Eastern time. This fight's already done. Not, it hasn't even started yet. Like, yeah. you turn on Dojo Cat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the so, Beebs. And the Beebs. And your boy, the Beebs. So, okay. So let's talk about it then. So, what happened? Luckily, happened. it was short enough to where I could watch the entire thing on Twitter within 30 seconds of uh, it airing. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, do you think that it was a good stoppage? Pete, let's hear your thoughts first. Uh, I mean, I, I, I understand why people question it, but I don't think it was a bad stoppage. Like, he, like, yeah. He went face first into the canvas. Dude, he looked he was, a little wobbly. He was going to get and fucking, like he was going to get smoked in the next punch. Yeah. Right. And like he's not a professional boxer, and like no. so, I like I don't know. Like you guys know more about boxing than me. Like like a, a real boxing ref when he sees like that level of, of uh you know 
is he just going to be like, this is it. Like, this guy's never boxed before. He just got knocked down in this one punch, and now he's stumbling and it's over. Or is it they were more experienced fighters? I could see him, like, going on, like, yeah, like Floyd, you're going to let him go a little bit, like, like you know, actual professional boxers. But these guys, are you really going to let him get, like, brain damage when he has no idea what he's doing I, and it's I, obvious? I feel a lot of it had to do with, like, body language. Like, I feel like, like his body language, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't like a competitor's in the zone body language when he was in there and things like that. I, to me, at least, maybe it's different because I know he's kind of like a lax guy, kind of like a relaxed guy. But I don't know. Ha- it, as soon as the ref gets out of the way, fucking Paul's taking his head off. You know what I mean? Yep. And like, then he turns into, then he would have turned into a meme like the fucking Nate Robinson. You know what I'm saying? Like, that I, I believe that's what would have happened. I don't think that he was on Queer Street for sure when he stood up. Totally on Queer Street. He beat the eight count and everything like that, but he was fucking on Queer Street for sure. And, like, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Steve, what are your thoughts, bud? So, mine, again, that ref was the worst ref I've ever seen in my life because it wasn't just an eight count. He gave him a 30-second count. Oh, what the fuck bro, was that? Bro, and what he the fu- I was like, Paul. what is he doing? He's, yeah, like- He turns around, he's walking to Paul in the middle of his count and then going back to i was like what the fuck is this moron doing yeah so he should have been he gave him more than ample time Agreed. uh now again with the pete thing yes pete that's usually how you would take it uh in this circumstance you have to remember that you're not dealing with he is an amateur boxer at best an amateur boxer yeah but his thing is he also is a olympic level wrestler he's been a yeah, world champion in multiple uh world champion in bellator which people who don't even fight know what that is and then for people that are balls deep in, in one FC too. So yeah. for him, you give it a little more leeway. But I, I, if I was the ref technically, even with all that time, I probably would have let it keep going because of his resume. But yeah. I am 100% with Matt in the fact that he would have absolutely gone to sleep in the next punch. Yeah, he would have been, absolutely, I, he would have been yeah. absolutely put to sleep. He did like, honestly, and, and, the ref like, did him he, a favor. It, like the other thing too is like he came in completely out of shape. Like I, I'd never seen oh. Ben Askren with a gut oh. like that. Like, well, oh. like <laughs> that was when I rate rate. Well, first off, when I saw the red con thing and I, or whatever that red cock or whatever that fucking Stunad's name was, when I seen that antics and then I seen the way the production was going and I'm hearing Snoop Dogg instead of like talking technical in a fight. Remember that red cock and the other guy, those are two accomplished fighters. That was like some technical shit going on there. Yeah. And, right, uh, right. and I hear Snoop Dogg like, yeah, dog, I just slide him if I needed to. I'm like, oh well, that's the, no one. That's not what happens in boxing. You don't just, this isn't, God damn it. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Snoop. All right. Yeah. When we wanna, when we, Somebody when I bring Mario you, back. When I want to ask you a, a, what kind of weed to smoke, then talk. Until then, shut the fuck up. Yeah. So you're, you're right. And then, I mean, to. And Ben I, looked terrible. He, terrible. Dude, I think, like, honestly, his job was to sell the fight. That was yes. his whole thing. Agreed. And he yep. did. He did. Yep. And here's a number. So uh, Jake Paul was on uh, on Logan Paul's podcast Impulsive. It's a good show. Uh, I would, you know, check it out. Good show. But they talked about the buys. I think they had like uh, a million. 1.5. 1.5 million pay-per-view Ooh. buys at $50 a buy. Right. So mm-hmm. the mean, money that would, for those buys. Well, like Paul, I think it turns out that he got $500,000 per second in the ring. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. Well, I know that. I know that this is the other thing. Think of this. So Shaw brought this up, which I never even thought of. The fact of the fact that most people that are watching that, that tuned in, 
don't know who the fuck Ben Askren is, right? It's mostly right. Paul fans, right? And right. people that don't like Paul, they know him just generically and they want to see this weird YouTuber right, right. Yep. fighter. Yeah. So that crowd. Hey, UFC younger... fans are watching uh, Gashlin get his ass kicked instead. God damn right. That fight was fucking <laughs> wild. Anyway, so he, uh, so with that, you got to remember that the medium age of people watching Jake Paul is probably pretty young, correct? Yeah. Yep. So younger these crowd. people, yeah. these people are more savvy with the internet. If there was 1.5 million buys, how many illegal streams? And you're talking about uh... Trilla, right? So you're not talking about UFC that has real money and real, um, real like tools to be able to combat that. Trump yeah. has none. So yeah. that shit was the, the first site I clicked on to illegally stream it worked fantastic with the UFC fights. <laughs> with the U- allegedly, allegedly, yeah, allegedly, was it the good old days. <laughs> allegedly, when I go to watch like the when I just watched the um, uh, the Ingano fight, that took me allegedly. 35 minutes to find one that would, that would stream right. You kept saying, sorry, Dana got to this one. Sorry, Dana got Jesus, to this one. Jesus, dude, Stoops, where are your skill levels at? Because you have trouble getting on a fucking Zoom call, but you're hacking all these fucking pay-per-views. <laughs> Remember, what did, I, what, did I, what did I, wait, what did I tell you? If I'm interested in it, uh, he goes, yeah, exactly. Steve. It's all about, uh, yeah. It's all about it. In the world of the carrot and the stick, Steve's a big carrot guy. You're damn right. If the carrot ain't there, I'm lost. I need direction. He's like, oh, you're "You're heading that. I'm heading that way anyway. The carrot's going there. I'll take you with me. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) Honey dicking the shit out of me. Yeah. So, all right. So, like we said, uh, you know, for those who didn't see it, it was a first round knockout. Um, Well, no, first round stoppage. Sorry. So, it was a first round stoppage. TKO. TKO ref stoppage. Uh, if you saw it, he did fucking put him to sleep with the, sure. you know, he got up, he beat the eight count, but it was a ref stoppage after that. So let's move on though. Hold on. Oh. One last thing before you jump on that. Did you see the um, locker room interact action between his Yo, corny Wood- buddy, Javon, yeah. whatever, and Woodley? Yeah. Cause you barking up the wrong tree with Woodley. Woodley's so, a bad yeah, Woodley, Woodley called him out, right? Woodley called him out. Woodley's a bad afterwards. man. Yeah. You want yeah. nothing to do with that freak athlete. One of the freakiest athletes I've ever seen inside the cage. Yeah. Woodley's so, a slightly worse wrestler, but a much better boxer. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> a mu- and with real, real power. Real yeah. power. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, what was happening is this. In a professional fight, you're allowed you to watch what, the guy. Exactly. One person. You, you're, you're allowed to send one person from your team to, to the opponent's locker room to watch them wrap their hands. And so this they don't is... slide pad. People put pads in there. People put other things to make their hands harder. Ex- exactly. So this is a legit thing. Like, people oh, are yeah. thinking, like, this is a legit thing. It's a sanctioned thing. fight. Ask fucking yeah, Antonio Matt, what's Margarito. Not... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You tell yep. the story. Who was the guy that he caught him uh, with the gloves? Yep. So, yep. so it was like this. So Antonio Margarito, he was like this Mexican brawler, and there was this other fighter named Miguel Cotto who was this people, slick People Puerto know Rican... Mark. People know Margarito because he almost killed Manny Pacquiao. Well, and he almost so Margarito almost killed Miguel Cotto as well. So, yeah. he, so he almost he didn't he didn't Pacquiao beat the piss out of Margarito, but right. he did. But he did get one ridiculous hit on on um on Pacquiao where I was like I, I don't know that was when Pacquiao was all juiced up drinking his own piss anyway. <laughs> yeah. So either way, so Miguel Cotto was by far the better boxer, and he's winning the first few rounds, and eventually. You just see Margarito's hand, like his jabs and stuff, just really start to affect Cotto. Cotto's head swells up up three times the size. His face is completely closed. You could tell, like, there had to be brain fluid leak. He was all kinds of jacked up. 
right? Margarito then becomes like the working man's hero. He's like the number one thing in boxing. He then moves then, on. He then yeah, moves yeah. on. Well, no, no. He then goes to fight Sugar Shane, Shane. Mosley. Oh, Mosley, yeah. Right? Sugar and Shane, Sugar right. Shane Mosley's trainer at the time was Brother Nassim Richards. Philly's right? RIP. Philly's uh, one of the exactly. best trainers ever out of Philly. Exactly. Bernard Hopkins' is trainer, right? And his, his two sons were legends, Tiger and Rock. Correct. Yes. So, yeah. Brother Nassim These, Richards, these are boxing guys. Yeah. So, Brother oh, yeah. Nassim... Brother Nassim was the guy they sent into the opponent's locker room. So Brother Nassim goes into Margarita's locker room to see him wrap the hands. He sees that one of the hands is already wrapped. And yep. he's like, fucking no way. Cut I'm it. Doing Cut it. And yep. I'll get you the fucking tape, but I'm, yep. you're not doing that. Right. Mm-hmm. So as yes. soon as he took it off, they saw the wraps were yep. wet wraps that were soaked in past plaster of Paris. Right. Yep. Told the boxing association and everything like that. And Mosley instead of canceling the fight, continues, nope. has the fights, and beats the fucking shit out of Margarito. I'm fucking pretty sure, too, Matt, didn't he, him. Didn't, he get a cut of his, didn't he get a cut of the purse because of that, too? Cut of the purse, and Margarito was suspended, world, world suspension from boxing for three years. Yep. His yep. first yeah. fight back, Miguel Cotto beat fucking Margarito. <laughs> and, like, Cotto, because legit. Cotto's revenge. To, you have yep. to think Margarito had dropped Kerman Cintron. He was yes. like really had like really known to have heavy hands. So like oh, there's yeah. a bunch of all his fights are now like there's an asterisk next to it. And mm-hmm. legit, well, yeah, because then Cotto beat mostly going into that. That's why you're like, yeah, like, like you know, like uh, there's there's no way Margarito ever should have been near Cotto. Like, it, it, yeah. oh, agree. The yeah. thing with Margarito, too, was it was somewhat the reason why people let it float over and thought it was somewhat believable was because. Uh, Margarito's style was just absolute brawling. Like he Correct. was a nut yep. job. He would come out and sw- so people were like, "No, it makes sense that he's swinging so hard when he hits people. He fights like a maniac. Like yeah. he's not yeah. a technical boxer. He's a brawler." Yeah. And then guys who know, like you're never gonna fool a guy who's been around the sport for 40 years in the streets of North Philly where yeah. they do what they call smokers, which yeah. the most fucking shenanigans happen at smokers. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy's. A, well, I wonder how many guys. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in a few of those that didn't. Work I fought. I fought in a smoker like uh, I think yeah. it was like a year and a half ago. <laughs> yo, there was a yo. I went to a smoker before. Right. Wait to hear this real quick. But uh, I went to a smoker before. One of our one of our giant guys from Riches is fighting. Right. We go. To, we go to set up. The next fight is some older, like forty-year-old fat guy that you could tell. Uh, you know, he didn't want to. He didn't, He wasn't going to be a UFC. He wasn't like trying to make a profession. He just wanted to scratch the right, yeah, and get like, in there and testing yeah. himself, right? Which is respectable. Everybody respects that. He was a spider ego guy. guy. Guess yeah. guess who his promoter set him up with? This is why I hate promoters because they don't know shit. All of a sudden, I look over. It's Phil Davis. <laughs> oh, shit. and i remember like rich and them going yo this day cabot this kid's a wrestler they said he's pretty good you know who this is i go no let me say i go oh no they were like what i go I, I was like how the fuck is he in an amateur fight i said this guy's a fucking national champion wrestler like no this dude's a freak and they were like yeah he looks pretty ripped i'm like no you guys don't understand he's and then they go it. out there they touch they touch gloves and you can already see the big the big dudes looking at him like well, I'm kind of pudgy, and this dude is Shred City. This yeah. ain't going to go well. Right no. off the bat, fucking Phil, who was raw as hell, swings the biggest punch you've ever seen, barely touches the guy. The guy just takes a knee and says, nope, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Nope, I'm not dying. I got no to go to work. I got to go to work Monday. I've seen that before where, like, sometimes, like, uh, if you have a guy who can be physically intimidating, he can be aggressive, and, like, you can, you know, that tests the character – that that'll separate the men from the boys at times. But either oh, way, well. yeah. 
Um, all right. So, but either way, so Miguel Cotto beats the shit out of Margarito, but I did want to say this. Uh, so there was another guy in Margarito's camp. Uh, I believe his El Perro was his nickname. I forget his, his boxing name, but he fought Harry Joe Yorgi. And Ooh. this is Harry Joe Yorgi got, this is when he got knocked out on HBO. Yeah. In a title fight, right? Correct. And it yeah. was, and this guy went, was probably wrapping his hands. Well, <laughs> Harry did tell me this, that his guy, when he went to the guy's locker room, his hand was already wrapped. No and, way. Yeah. And he was oh in. Oh, my God. And he was in Margarito's camp. Like, they were training partners. Yeah. yeah. And for so, people, with, with people that don't know the technical term, like Matt's talking about, when, when you add this plaster-like substance, your, your wraps turn into what you use as a cast. Yeah. It gets as hard as almost concrete. It's, it's oh, insane. It's fucking worst. Yeah. It is the worst. Dude. Imagine, like people don't know, like your hands, like when, like when you hands wear, suck, they break but, when they hit shit. Well, like, but yeah. your wraps themselves, like when I when when I wrap my hands for a fight, you get a roll and a half of tape on each hand plus yep. a roll of gauze, right? Yep. And like I, I would say dude, the two guys that would wrap my hands are Rich Lada and Dan Schmedberg, and they are yep. fucking the Dirty best. Dan. Dirty Dan, yeah. but they are the fucking best at wrapping hands and legit. Yep. Like I want them wrapped real early because I want to sweat a lot in them and get them really wet. Because when you get and them really wet, you fucking fucking let hit. them go. Fuck. Oh yeah, Hell yeah. Hell like, yeah. So either way, those like when that happens, these things are fucking ready to go. So imagine that, but with the plaster of Paris in it, those wraps were hard as fucking. It's rock. almost like holding. It's almost like holding a roll of quarters in your hands when you hit somebody at that yeah. point. It's just yeah. it's not good. It's not. Well, it's, almost, but it's almost like almost having brass knuckles on, under yep. your glove, and that's you're like, right. Like if people don't know this, look up the Antonio Margarito versus Miguel Cotto and you'll see Miguel Cotto's head and you'll be like, that's it's it, like he, it should have been attempted murder at that point. Yeah. You better, you better give them a, uh, a warning before you watch that. Cause that shit, when his head swells out <laughs> in that hemato, it is fucking gnarly. Oh, it's so nasty. He, dude, Miguel Cotto is one of the better, best boxers of his generation. And he had to take yeah. a knee just because yep. of like, yeah, it was so, it was so bad. So, all right, let's keep this moving then. I did want one last thing we're going to talk about. We have uh, next week, or so this coming weekend, we have another big fight with it's uh, Jorge Masvidal versus uh, uh, Usman, right? Yep. So let's talk about it. Uh, Steve, what are your thoughts on this weekend's fight? This is a a big one for me personally because uh, so – uh Usman being uh from Nigeria one of my closest friends is Nigerian and like uh, you know not like your not like your uh, straight up family was born and raised like yeah real Nigerian right so and yeah. Nigerians <laughs> are some of the hardest people on this planet they do not fucking play games they are not out to be fucking funny they are not out to have some they work hard and they do everything as hard as they can right so yeah. I love Usman and he's a wrestler yeah. great human he's a great dad to his daughter I love him as a person right even though yeah. I don't know shit about him what I see I love right Jorge Masvidal is my number two favorite fighter of all time. He is, I, there is no guy I relate more to than who, if I could, if I could die and come back as a human, I'm probably going to want to come back as Jorge Masvidal. So he's my favorite. He's my favorite. He is the best. Cause he's I mean, so real. He's so real. He is Look, he's a fun to watch. He's like an all around good fighter. Like everything. No, like he like, has no weaknesses. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. No weaknesses. <laughs> and then uh, you got to, fr- don't, don't forget too. one of Jorge's main training partners is Sydney outlaw. Who wrestled at South? Yeah, I didn't know that. Sydney's been a top team for a minute now. Working every time I see 
see him post something yeah. up. It's always with Jorge and yeah. all those guys. Yeah, yep. Sydney, with, uh, Marco. Sid's a good kid. He's been Sid's a, a great he, guy. Yep. He's he's been at uh he's been at uh Henzo Gracie PA Academy a bunch of times. Well, he started he, there. I actually know there. another guy he was, trained with in like Portland, like a kickboxing guy that was tra- like teaching him a little bit too. Yeah, he, yeah, he, uh, yeah. He's been in the sports since he was like yeah, like seventeen. You're saying well, seventeen? Well, no, I remember like he's driving him back. He's been coming to Rich's since he was thirteen. He was there for a while. Yeah, and it's been you know Rich is taking him all over the world and things yep. like that and he's a top a 10 in the in the in his weight class in bellator right now i mean the kid's like ranked sixth in his weight he's fucking nasty dude and that's yeah, a kid. he's a good kid that's awesome kid, to see that, he's like making yep. it exactly oh and yeah that's it that's a kid that came from nothing too nothing that's a kid yeah. that and he's such really, a humble human he's a great yeah. person i, I great, remember really i remember dropping kid. him off at practice every like a couple of times yep. after rich's you know back in southerton yeah. and then coaching against him a little bit because i was coaching yep. at north penn and he was at southerton yeah yeah he's a good kid really he had a brother too that he had a brother too that wrestled at uh penn ridge ezra yeah Ah, he was tough too. Ezra was tough. a nice kid too. So, yep, yep. All right. So, Jorge Masvidal. So, this is their My second favorite. fight, though, right? Yes. So, and if you really want me to uh, take my heart out of it and just go strictly on what I think I know, and yeah. what I know is Jorge's the man. He absolutely, this is his kryptonite. And uh, there's, no, there's no way on this planet I see him beating Usman. Usman's just too dialed in and has too many gifts that, that kind of go against Jorge's. So, like, Jorge can't get too close to him to really set up his hands, which he has great hands, because when you get anywhere near Usman, I don't care who you are, you're going to the ground. My man is yeah. a nasty wrestler, has incredible athleticism, yeah. ridiculous strength. I just think his strong points kind of go line it, or uh, row, right in a row with uh, Masvidal. So, I don't think this yeah. – I think this is the worst matchup Masvidal can have. So, in you're, so, you're kind of saying that all of Masvidal's strengths are – Run met- right in – yeah. Okay. Yep. So, and all his not a better wrestler. Are, he's a better yeah, striker. I There's agree. nothing Masvidal can do. Well, didn't Masvidal get beat? His ass beat in the first fight. Yes, but it wasn't yeah, really yes, like an did. ass beating. He did get some good punches off. It's just he got absolutely controlled. There was no point where Usman was ever in danger. He always controlled everything. If he wanted him on the ground, he put him on the ground. If he wanted him against the cage, he put him against the cage. If he wanted to stand up, he stood up. So if going into this, Steve, what would you say is the number one thing Masvidal like what should have had to work on in this camp in order to win this fight? Better footwork. His okay. footwork, he has to he has to move. You can't stay so still. You have to he, get angles. He, he kind of has to pop and, in your feet and move. Moving. Okay. Yes. So like, what's, pop what's and the move. hardest thing? Yeah, you stay can't, away you can't from take the takedown. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I see. All right. Well, hopefully he does it. So we're coming to the top of time here. Uh, before we go, party I just want to point out, you know, you know who's on this card? Actually, he's Pat Sabatini, a local guy. Yes, too. hell yeah! Oh, no yeah. shit, so, I didn't know that. Pat, shout out, he's on the shout undercard. out to uh, shout out to uh, Daniel Gracie and the Philly yeah. squad because that's Sean yep. Brady's boy. That's uh, that's Paul Felder's boy. Yeah. That's uh, Eddie yeah, Alvarez's yeah. boy. I yeah, sat, there's some monsters out I, of that squad. I, I, I sat I sat next to Paul Felder at Jordan Steiner's wedding. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then uh, yeah. Oh, oh, also they all do their striking out of uh, Evolution down there on Kensington Ave, yeah. which that guy's a savage too. Yeah, yeah. So so uh, stop. We'll have to talk about this later. But uh, after I left, you know, Riches was living in the city. I joined a gym, and I joined the gym, and like one week later. Like Sabatini and Feldman over there, they left one week after I joined. I'm like, what the, the fuck's Daniels- up with this team? I joined a one week later. Everybody of note had like left. <laughs> yeah, Dan- Dan- when Daniel came to Philly, it gave me a great sense of pride because uh, when I was at Rich's, he's uh, he's the one that gave me the blue belt, and then my promotion with Purple was through Daniel, right? Yeah. So because yeah, yeah. uh, Rich wasn't a black belt yet, and they've always brought down the Gracies to do that, blah blah. blah. Yeah. And uh, it was always Daniel. So like my friends that weren't, they were into it, but not super balls deep. 
And I'd be like, yeah, I, I fucking got a belt from Daniel Gracie. And they were like, who the fuck is that? And I'm like, they're like, what? what I, I thought, what, not Henzo? And I'm like, no, 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 There's, There's a couple of them, but they're all, yeah. like, like, people were like, who the fuck is that? Now everyone's like, oh, yeah, Daniel Gracie. I know. I'm like, oh, yeah. motherfucker. The best Daniel Gracie belt promotion story I know is, is Big Omar. Apparently, oh, Omar just went God. and rolled with Daniel Gracie, and Daniel Gracie's like, what guy's this belt level? Bump him up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. So, all right. So, uh, we're coming to the top of time. Uh, this has been another episode of the Working Perspectives Podcast Weekend Pop In. Uh, as always, I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied by my good buddy, party your pants, Pete McCormick. And the one and only Stu Bain, Steve Cabot. You can find us on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can join us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast and follow us on the Twitter and the Tiki Talk at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can email us at Working Perspectives Podcast at gmail.com and you can go through the approval process with the PAAA. It's important. The approval process is important. You got to be approved to be on the show. If you're not approved, you're not coming on the show. All right? Go to the who are we without standards, man? Yeah. What are we? Who are we? Where are we without standards? This is goddamn America. Fucking red, white, and blue. All right? You know what? That's fucking it. So, all right. So, this has been another episode of the Working with Texas Podcast Weekend Poppin'. I'm Matt LaBelle. He's Pete McCormick. That was Steuben, Steve Cabot. Uh, have a great winter weekend. Stick around for the ad read. All right. See ya. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, E is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go.